We're continuing this morning to talk about uh, the church, how God has uh, really ordained to have a people in the world, and how we are part of that people with a special mission in our time. Would you turn with me to Ephesians, the third chapter, Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, here we see Paul praying for the believers at Ephesus, praying for them as a body of believers, as a church with a special assignment, a special mission. How many of you know that every church has a special assignment and special, a, a, a special responsibility to shine with the love of Christ in the community it serves? God put us here for his purpose, and uh, we have a responsibility to recognize that we are the people that God has chosen to make a difference here in this place. And so here Paul is praying for these believers at Ephesus, and we learn some important things about who we are as a church, and what it is that God really wants us to do. I trust you know that the church is not just another organization of people. It's a living organism. It's alive. It's a body of believers that has a purpose and a, a spiritual life that is eternal. And as we are part of that, we are part of God's uh, incredible plan. So, let's begin reading Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power, through his power in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. An important prayer for an important people as we have this assignment from God to, <clears throat> to help the world know that Jesus loves them. You know, I've got a lot of uh, memories about the church from all the way back to my early childhood. How about you? I was thinking the other day about my earliest memory of the church. And uh, do you know what I... Let me tell you what I remember. And some of you can... Um, make some connections. 
But Faith Chapel, before it was Faith Chapel, was Faith Tabernacle. And there was a church building down on Oak, uh, down uh, Oak and Lead, was that where it was, in that neighborhood? And uh, that building was taken over by the, <clears throat> the state and the freeway was put through. That was a long time ago, right? It was. But this is my memory. I remember walking with my family up towards this big cinder block building. It was never finished. It was never stuccoed. And I remember that I was dressed up, had a little suit on. And I remember seeing pictures of my brother's and I with these suits on that my mother was very proud to, to bring us to church in. And while we were walking, and I'm looking up at that bill, I dropped my nickel, which was my offering for Sunday morning. And I was looking for my nickel in the gutter of the street, and my family just kept walking. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, you know, wait for me. And uh, that was the memory. <laughs> and uh, I think about that, and I, you know, going to church is important. It's important for a family. It's important for a child. I knew it was important because it was with my family. And they, they, they dressed me up for it. It was important to them that I be there. And I've, even that nickel, I think... You know, to bring something to the Lord and to put it in the offering for a child, it's an important value, an important statement. And so what my parents were teaching me. And then to be part of the family, that is my mom and dad and brothers and sisters and part of the family of God, what a privilege, what a blessing that it is. And all of that reminds me of how important it is for us to, to really teach and model the values for the next generation and the next generation that are so very important. Recent study indicates that only four out of ten millennials whose parents attended church are attending church themselves. Isn't that frightening? Only four out of ten whose parents attended church are themselves attending church. And yes, there's a dwindling population, especially of young people in churches across our country. Uh, and many uh, sociologists, historians are calling this a post-Christian culture in America as we have seen in Europe. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to be post-Christian. I'm a Christian. <laughs> And I want to do my best, my part, to see that the next generation and the next generation are Christians. And Ginger and I are so grateful for our children in church, serving the Lord, and our grandchildren in church, growing up to serve the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, it's important that we take nothing for granted, but invest every day in the lives of, our, of the next generation and the next and. Uh, and so it goes. But anyway, Ed Stetzer, who's a consultant on churches and ministry, who has helped the Foursquare Church in many ways over the last decade or so, did a study on why people even go to church these days. Are you interested? He came up with some basic reasons. And some are 
Surprising and some not so surprising. The first reason, and he said it was obvious, but need, take, needs, needs some, some evaluation, is they go to church because of their faith. Duh. <laughs> they actually believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And that it's right for them to learn about Him and to follow. And even in what we call a post-Christian culture, most people who go to church are Christian enough to know that that's the main reason that they go. Second reason, people go to church because they want their social needs met. They want to have relationships. They want to have friends. They want to connect with people. And church as a whole is a pretty good, safe place to meet nice people and make friends. That's a good thing, and that sounds consistent with the Scripture, doesn't it? Third reason, which kind of surprised me. People go to church because they want to serve and help others. They see the value and the need of being responsible to help and to care for others and in their giving and in their donated time and their service. It gives value to their life. And I think that's important. I think about our church. And you know, I enjoyed so much at our our congregational meeting on Wednesday, just hearing about the different ministries of God's blessing and the faithfulness of our people just to keep keep on keeping on serving in their areas where they're called. And there's fruitfulness in that season after season. How many of you know that uh, <clears throat> you can call people together and rally for a cause, an event, something to happen? And then after it's over, what's going to remain? Well, how, how much more important it is for us as individual Christians to sense our responsibility before God and take hold, be responsible, and be faithful. The scripture says that the servant of the Lord must first be faithful. And so it's not about event after event, trying to maintain the excitement and enthusiasm of serving, but it is about faithfulness that really is one of the values of the church. And it's consistent with why people go. Third, uh, fourth reason, which kind of surprised me, but I think it makes a lot of sense, has to do with family values. And that is the tradition of, in one family of going to church a lot of people say, I go to church because my parents went to church and my grandparents went to church. And I share those values still. And I think that's, that's good. And then uh, finally, this, there emerges this uh, need. People go because they see the need for their children to have the experience that they had. And they're not going so much for themselves, but they're going for their children. And that's a very good thing. And the older we get and the more children and grandchildren we have, the more we realize it's a good thing to do for the next generation. And the, and, and the next generation after that, all that we can. And so, 
You know what? I look at those. I go to church for all those reasons. How about you? All of them. I believe it's important to be part of the family of God. It's important to see that God has given us a purpose. And it's amazing how the church, how it continues to endure. I was uh, concerned to read recently about, let me give you the language which was appeared in Christianity today, the divorce that's being negotiated within the United Methodist Church. Have you heard about this? And the United Methodist Church is now the fourth of seven mainline denominations that have split apart over issues of gay clergy and gay marriage. And uh, the writer said that there have been more splits over these issues in mainline churches over anything since the, the Civil War and splits over, over slavery, and pointing out how significant this time and season is for the church. That makes me sad. How about you? And so here we see the, uh, the, the Methodist church trying to learn from the trouble and the difficulty and the lawsuits of other denominations and trying to make this as smooth as possible. And the report is, that uh, 30% of mainline Methodists in the United States will be leaving the United Methodist Church and 80 to 90% worldwide over this one issue. Makes me think, if we value the church and our commitment and value our relationships, we truly need to take responsibility for how we do things, how we live, what we believe. There's a, a church, uh, Ginger and I have been in uh, London a few times and like to go to the British Museum. How, do, how many of you have been to the British Museum? Amazing place. And there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a hotel there on Houston Avenue, if you know where that is, not too far from the British Museum. And across the street is a church called St. Pancras, which is near King's Crossing, which is a huge terminal. And this church, hear this, this church has had active worshipers there on that site for over 1,700 years. It's a large sanctuary, seats over 2,500 people. And we saw there was an early service, and so we decided to get over there and, and attend. And so we got to the service and there was no service in the regular sanctuary, but a little chapel to the side, and there were 13 people that were there. And I was thinking, wow, what a sh- you know, how sad it is, this huge church and only 13 people. But then the Lord opened my eyes and said, and I realized, but there are 13 people. These people love God. They're here to worship God. This is an important service. What if these were the last 13 worshipers on the earth? How important. And we realize we need to not measure ourselves by how many agree with us or how big the crowd is that we're part of, but how important our faith is and how committed we are if no one else follows 
Now, they had a larger service later in the morning. I'm sure it had many more than the 13. But I was reminded in that incident, and, you know, there was a message from the Word of God, and, there, and I was just reminded, you know, how these services for, you know, 1,700 years going on here at this property, how incredible the church is, how stable, how faithful, and how fruitful over the period of time. And so Paul is praying for all churches, praying for us included as a church. And I want you to see seven things very, very important from his prayer that we need to hold on to as a congregation here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Netherwood Park neighborhood, just as important and relevant to us as it has been to any church at any time, in any situation, and especially in a time of great turmoil and confusion for the church. So, first of all, Paul says, For this reason, I kneel, I pray before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and in earth derives its name. First of all, we need to recognize the true identity of the church. What's the identity of the church? Well, the answer to that is, well, who's our father? Who gave us this identity? God Almighty. His son, Jesus Christ. Our identity comes from our eternal father doesn't come from the sign out front, though that's a nice new sign. doesn't come even from our name or our, or our, our history. It comes from God Himself. Listen, we are the people of God. It's His DNA that gave us life. And always our identity will be about Him. So when we say, do you belong to the Lord? That's not just a phrase that we say. It's about who we are, where we came from, what our identity actually is. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Identity, next item, spiritual Strength, spiritual power. You know what? The church cannot exist without spiritual strength, spiritual power. What would happen if people stopped believing? People stopped realizing that God was God. People stopped realizing that he had a purpose for their lives. We need spiritual power power to be the church we need to be strengthened in the inner being strong hearts committed to God the church must have people that have this kind of spiritual commitment verse 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What is this? Third thing about the church. 
Christ's indwelling presence. We are nothing unless Christ lives in us and lives through us. That's the transformation of the new birth. And that's why, let me say it this way, when people see us, they need to see Jesus. They need to see more than human love, human compassion, human wisdom. They need to see Christ. And what a wonderful thing that truly is. Can, can, can I just share with you, you know, in our fellowship in Christ, when we are sharing with one, when we are praying, we are encouraging each other. You know, there are moments when I'm in fellowship with other believers, truly, when it, it's as if I stop seeing the person and I'm seeing Jesus. Do you feel that? Do you sense that? You know what I'm talking about? You're having this conversation and then you, it's like you're talking to Jesus. And you really are. Jesus is so real, so present, so active, so working through us. And you know what? We should all desire, all desire to let the Lord have His way in our hearts so much that we, we can stop defending ourselves, representing ourselves, trying to be important. And just let Jesus flow through us, shine through us. I don't want people to see me. I want people to see Jesus. How about you? Guess what? I can't help you. (laughs) Jesus can. Jesus can. And so let's give Jesus a chance. (laughs) Let's give him a chance to do what he wants to do through us. And so we continue. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being, here it is, rooted and established or grounded in love. Fourth thing in our prayer. We've got to be all about love. Rooted, grounded, established in love. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. That you love one another. We know that the greatest, the greatest of these things, faith, hope, and love, is love. So we need to be about love. You want, you want, to, you want a lesson in love? Start with 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> And don't quit. Stay with it. That's where we all are. We all need to live. We all need to be. And so it's about love. It's about Christ's love through us. I heard a a plumber give a testimony one time about how he was struggling with, with love and caring about other people, and then God showed him he had it all wrong. He was trying too hard. He was just supposed to be, hear this, a pipe elbow. What is a pipe elbow? Plumbers, anyone back? All it does is it's a joint that changes the direction of the water, so the water flows through you. And he said, I realized Jesus wants to flow through me. 
I need to stop trying, trying to be loving and just let the love of God flow through me. Isn't that wonderful to be a channel of God's love and God's blood? Try it. Just in faith, step out and do something more loving than you normally want to do. And what an amazing thing it is. And so we continue. Verse 18, you may have power together with all saints. That is, together with all, to grasp note how wide, how long, how high, and deep is the love of Christ. Power to grasp. Interesting language here. Wide, long, high, deep. Romans chapter 8. About the love of God. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. So think about God's love and how it's so much wider than all of our experience. The love of God covers every corner. Every reaches everywhere. How long it is. Oh my goodness. From creation until now and through eternity. It's the love of God that we can depend upon. How high, how glorious, how wonderful, how marvelous that love, how exalted that love of God. And how deep in my discouragement, in my struggle, even through death, it's the love of God that sustains us. We need to grasp that God's love is so much bigger, so much greater, wider, longer, higher, and deeper than anything that we know in terms of our, <clears throat> our human love and affection. And it's all about Jesus Christ, fulfilled in Christ. How wonderful. And to know that this love surpasses all understanding. Do we really appreciate love more than knowledge and understanding? You know, when we're young and ambitious, what we want is knowledge and understanding. And soon we realize there's something a lot more important. That's love. God's love. Our love for one another. We need we need a revelation of that love. And so, next we see that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Paul's praying that they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the indwelling. That's what Jesus promised the church, didn't he? I go and I will send the comforter who will come and will live in you and will enable you to fulfill what I have called you to. So to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit.
Now who, in verse 20, now him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory and the church to all generations. What do we see here? The work of God through all generations, our part in that, God's work. Number seven, the last thing, he's praying, that God's work would be accomplished through us. Why? Because we're in right relationship with Him. We're available. This is an amazing thing, what happens when the church is truly used by God to accomplish the purposes of God. So, our time is just about over. Let me just say, what is God saying to Faith Chapel today? We just had our congregational meeting and was a good meeting and we recognize we've gone through some challenging times and we need to reset our priorities and we need to tighten our belt in certain ways and we need to focus on what's important but this is more than anything else we need to God is not finished with us God has a purpose for us God has a future for us God has a plan for us God wants us to take hold of his promise where we are and do what's right in obedience to him. You know what? The church part is faithfulness. God's part is his kingdom. If we'll be faithful, if we'll obey, we know that we'll be pleasing in his sight. We know that he will say, well done, good and faithful servant, when we finish our course. But there's more to do. There's more opportunity. How important it is for us to accept this challenge. Lord, thank you this morning for this time together and reassuring us of, Lord, just the incredible calling that you have for us as a body of believers. Help us, Lord. Lord, even as we... Focus on this year, 2020, and what's happening and the history of this church and what it is that you want us to do. Lord, you don't want us to look at the world. You don't, you don't want us to look at other churches. You don't want us to use our human imagination to think about how things could be or might be. You want us to take hold of your purpose, to be faithful, to be obedient, to be diligent. And trust you for the future. Help us to do just that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.